Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. Morning, Sunday morning. Let's celebrate being together in church today. So glad that you're here. Online family, we love you. Thank you for being with us today as well. If you're watching online, which some of you in the room don't know, we have three or four hundred people every week watching with us online. And so we love you. We are just grateful that you're part of our family as well. Make sure you get in the chat. Let us know where you're watching from. If you're on vacation or you're off for work, whatever it is, let us know. Uh, and also how we can be praying for you. You are part of our family as well. If you're brand new here today, uh, you, you've shown up at a good time. We're starting a brand new series. Actually, we started last week. This is week two of a new series called Hold Fast, where we're walking through the book of 1 Corinthians. And so um, this summer, as you are out enjoying this beautiful state that we live in, or whatever you're doing, I want you to just be paging through the book of 1 Corinthians. We're just going to cover a chapter a week, and uh, we're really going to cover a lot of important ground. And uh, this series is titled Hold Fast, because the church in this world, and really for the church in their day as well, uh, has to hold fast to Christ. As the seas are shifting, as it feels like, man, uh, things are just kind of out of control uh, in the world around us, we have something that we can hold uh, fast to, and that is Jesus. He's a secure foundation for our lives. And so uh, that's what we want to do as a family throughout this summer. And uh, this, this letter was written by a man named Paul to a church that he had planted that was like going crazy. This church was going off the rails. Uh, it found itself in a culture that was kind of maybe a mixture between like Vegas after midnight and Amsterdam and, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever city you can think of that's got some like crazy stuff going down. Uh, lots of sexual depravity. Uh, lots of people coming in, just coming and going for trade. And so people were not uh, really planted there as much. And so they found themselves, I think, operating in some lifestyles they otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, and then in the church, what was going on is instead of the church changing the world, the world was changing the church. And uh, good thing that doesn't happen today, right? We're just changing the world. No, this can happen to us just as much as, as it happened to them, is that the world was changing the church. And uh, last week we talked about unity. And Paul t- starts off challenging these people uh, that they need to come together, that they were fighting with one another over their preferences, over their own personal desires. And, and really Jesus' greatest prayer was w- for the church was that we would be unified and that in our unity the, the world would actually believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And, and I, I made this point that the church has power to the same degree that we are unified. 
If we are a unified community, then uh, we will have lots of power and influence in the city. If we are a divided community, we will have very little influence or power in the world around us. And so the, the, the story continues and moves forward today. Today's actually a big day. Um, I'm just going to like test you, church people in the room, what holiday are we ce- uh, celebrating today? Pentecost, that's right, we got some people, we got some, we got some Pentecostals in the room, maybe some Charismatics in the room, the rest of you are like, what? What is this? I know you all woke up early and got the kids together, and you did your little celebration of Pentecost, and gave out little dove candies or something like that to celebrate the Holy Spirit, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just making that up, but this is the forgotten holiday in the church. We love Christmas, we love Easter, but Pentecost Sunday is the forgotten holiday, and, and really, uh, I, think it's, I think it's a tragedy because uh, Pentecost is the day, if you read in Acts chapter 2, which I'd encourage you today, uh, get together with friends or family and just read Acts chapter 2. It'd be a really good way to celebrate today. And, and what you're going to read is about the story of the church and the Holy Spirit coming into the church. You've got the, this small group of believers who are discouraged and don't know what to do. And they're lacking boldness and faith. And in a moment, God sends his spirit to live inside of his people which is crazy. Like, it's nuts to think about. If you're a, a Christian, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in me. But no, God lives inside of people. That is absolutely crazy to think about. But that's what happens. God moves into his people. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, they, they start speaking in tongues. That's a whole other thing. These different languages start coming out of their mouths, and people are understanding these languages. And, and th- this crazy stuff happens, and the church goes from, like, a small group of people, 120 believers or so, to 3,000. This explosion of church growth, and so it's funny, there's a lot of uh, pastors really trying to figure out how to grow churches, especially today when the church has been kind of cut in half because of COVID, and uh, there's all kinds of tactics, and it's ministries, and it's, you know, maybe we can get some cool lights on stage, and, you know, maybe the pastor could be a little cooler, I'm working on it, uh, you know, maybe the band could do a good job of just, like, uh, playing great music, or, or maybe we could kind of have some new tactics, but I'm just telling you, the biblical church growth model is the Holy Spirit working through the church. But that's how the church grows is when the Holy Spirit lives in his people and works through his people. And in uh, the New Testament, uh, as, as the New Testament talks about the Spirit, uh, the, the word that the New Testament uses is the word pneuma. Everybody say pneuma. Pneuma. That's the word for the Holy Spirit. In fact, the study of the Holy Spirit is called pneumatology. And uh, when I think of pneuma, and I was just studying this this week and kind of like considering what this means to me. I was thinking about how when I was a kid, I used to spend a lot of time working in the garage with my dad. Anybody spend a time working in the garage with your dad growing up? Raise your hand if you just did that. You know that memory of just kind of being in the garage, learning from dad, working with your hands. And I used to watch him take stuff that didn't work, and then it would work. And it was just amazing. He's my hero, you know, like fixing things. I didn't know how to fix things. And, and one of the things he would do, like, is he, would, he had all these tools and, uh, and he would figure out how to use these tools to fix the problem. And I always just kind of was dreaming about the day that I would have cool tools like dad, you know. And, and so it starts off by just learning how to use a wrench and learning how to use the pliers and learning how to use a screwdriver. And then one day, my dad hands me this. This is a pneumatic air gun. And when I think, when I think of pneuma, I think of pneumatic. And, and a pneumatic air gun is a gun that's powered by air, right? This, this oxygen flows through this gun when you squeeze the trigger, and, uh, and it can take uh, nuts and bolts off. And so um, what I think is happening in the church today is we're pulling the trigger and nothing's happening. 
We're getting together. We're, you know, trying to do churchy-like things. We're doing small groups. We're doing all kinds of things that look really religious. We're pulling the trigger, and there's very little happening. It feels like there's a lack of power, a lack of traction in the church today. But what, what's beautiful is you just add a little bit of air pressure, and uh, you get this, which is just fun, right? I may just do this through my whole sermon to wake you up, but I'm just going to do it again in the mic because, yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. This is, this is the tool with power, right? Some of these have the power. I've got one that is like 500, 600 foot pounds of torque. I mean, all the men are like, yeah, lots of power. But just think about that reality. Add the airflow and it, and it fulfills its purpose. Add the flow of oxygen, add the pneumatics to the gun, and it fulfills its purpose. I think a lot, there's a lot of church buildings, and there are lots of, lots of Christians walking around not fulfilling their purpose because they lack the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's do it again. Yeah, there it is. There it is. You guys, you look up every time I do it. I'm going to do it through the whole <laughs> message. I'm going to read just a part of this. This is Acts chapter 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived... They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Notice that. The way the pneuma, the Holy Spirit, arrives is in a rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And all of a sudden, they became bold where they were scared. All of a sudden, they had power where they were powerless. All of a sudden, this this cowering group of believers began to share the gospel to the city, and people were saved in the thousands. And the book of Acts says the numbers who were saved were added to them day by day by day. Every day, people were getting saved because of the power of the Holy Spirit working through the church. So think about that. Without the wind, the tool is worthless. But with the wind, it fulfills its purpose. And so I want you to know that. You can be here today, and you're like, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm a, I'm a church-going believer, but without the power of the Spirit flowing through you, you will not fulfill your purpose. If you have a Bible, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul is going to get into this topic of the Spirit working in the church. We're going to start off in verse 12. He says this. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit, capital S, who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. We talked about that last week. The things of God sound like foolishness to people who do not have the Spirit in them. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one, for he who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. So we're talking about two kinds of people in this text. The spiritual person and the natural person. Spiritual person and natural. And the word for the spiritual person is pneumatos. You've got the pneumatos, there's the spirit word, the spiritual person. And then you've got this other person, the natural person, and that's the word psuchikos. So you've got the pneumatos and the psuchikos. The people who are operating in the spirit and the people who are operating in the natural Uh, tendencies. See, the natural person, they find what they need in the natural world, and they live in the natural world. In other words, you live for the moment. And and, and we do live in a culture that's like, hey, just live for right now. Live for the moment, right? But that is the natural person that's living only for what they see, only for the things that are in front of their faces. But the spiritual person, what that means is they're going to operate in ways that don't seem natural. 
If the, if the natural person operates in natural ways, then the spiritual person is going to operate in ways that do not seem natural. I remember a few Christmases ago, my kids, all they wanted for Christmas was a hoverboard. Um, I don't know if any of you have, have ridden one of these things. It's like a board with two wheels on the thing. And, and they get on it, and they're just zipping around the garage. And my kids are like, Daddy, Daddy, break your neck on the hoverboard, you know. And I'm like, no, I don't really want to get on the hoverboard. And they're like, no, please, please. And so, you know, just to be a good dad, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll play. And so I got, like, next to my toolbox, and I got the hoverboard on the ground. I put one foot on it, and it's trying to shoot out from underneath me. And finally, I get to the point where I can just stand on the thing and not break my neck. And, and, and then they're like, Dad, go. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm happy. I'm happy just standing here. And then finally, finally, they said, Dad, all you got to do is you just lean forward. And I'm like, that's how you break your neck. That's how you fall down. And they're like, no, if you lean forward, it will catch you, you know. And so finally, I start, I start getting the courage up to lean forward on this thing. And sure enough, the, the wheels start moving, and it just kind of catches you. And then you, you lean backwards, and it just it, it goes with you. It's the most unnatural thing I can possibly do, right? It doesn't feel right, and yet it works. What's interesting is that to follow God and to live in the Spirit is almost always going to feel unnatural, especially the first time you do it. The first time you try anything, it feels unnatural, especially following God. There's things that the Spirit of God is asking you to do today, and you're like, uh-uh, that's weird. It's going to feel unnatural, which is often the type of language people used for uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Is It's like, it got weird, right? It got weird. I don't know if I want that in my life. And so it's going to feel unnatural sometimes. Romans seven fourteen, Paul says this. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very things I hate. This is Paul talking about the sin in his life and the tendency to live as a, as a natural person. In other words, he's like, I'm just doing what makes most sense in my mind. I'm doing what I, I feel in the moment, and I end up doing what I hate. I'm not living as a spiritual person. I'm living of the flesh. So many times it will feel unnatural to follow Jesus. And I think many Christians today feel like that's a problem. There's a, you've probably all got a friend who you feel like does a great job of following Jesus. And when you try to follow Jesus or try to live in the power of the Spirit, you're like, it's really uncomfortable. And I feel like it should be easier. Can I tell you a secret? It is not easy to live in an unnatural way. It is always a difficult thing. It takes, it takes work. It takes effort. And you can start to train yourself to live in these unnatural ways. And you can get used to it. But here's the deal. I think so many Christians think they're defective because it's unnatural to follow Jesus. It just feels uncomfortable. But I would actually say that you're not defective. You're actually effective when you follow Jesus. Especially if you're getting uncomfortable for the sake of the gospel. That's what it means to be effective in the kingdom. That's what it means to be spiritual. Maybe you have friends that you're like, oh, that's a super spiritual person. And I don't know how you define that. Maybe they can spit out some Bible verses, or maybe they're at church every week, or maybe they don't cuss or drink or whatever, and you're like, oh, they're, they're super spiritual. But, but what does it mean to be a spiritual person, right? A, a, a person that lives in the, the pneumicos, so somebody who lives by the power of the Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your minds with something super crazy right, right here. Here it is. Here it is. To be spiritual is to follow the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's it. To be spiritual, to be super spiritual, is just to really follow the Holy Spirit. That's all it means. 
So you can know all the verses, you can be super religious, you can have the ACF stickers all over your car, all over the windows, whatever you want to do, and not be spiritual at all. Or you can live in the power and obedience of the Holy Spirit and be a very spiritual person. It doesn't mean that it feels good all the time. It doesn't mean that it feels natural. It doesn't mean that it's comfortable. In fact, if you're getting uncomfortable for the kingdom, you're just starting to follow Jesus. And so that's what it means to be a spiritual person. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'll tell you also that everyone in the room has a calling that God has for you. And that you actually have a purpose to, to be on this earth. If you have breath in your lungs, you have a purpose on this earth. And you will not fulfill your purpose, once again, without the power of the Spirit, without the willingness to get into the Holy Spirit. And so what if we dealt with the Holy Spirit the same way we deal with other things that are uncomfortable, right? I think when we start talking Holy Spirit, people get a little bit awkward. And, and if you're from an unchurched background, you're, you're just like, I'm trying to catch up. I don't know what you mean by this Holy Spirit thing. And if you're from maybe a, a more uh, non-charismatic background, you start squirming in your seats because you're like, you're like, what does this really mean? Because when I say be filled with the Holy Spirit as the church in Acts was, when I say that, everybody gets something else, something different in their heads, Right? Right? Some of you think, oh, I'm going to be obedient to God. I'm going to live in ways that are unnatural. Other of you think, like, do I need to roll around on the floor? Do I need to speak in tongues? What do I need to do uh, to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit based on your background? And so what's happened in the church today is we just try not to talk about the Holy Spirit anymore. I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. The way we see the Holy Trinity, which is the idea that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is that you've got Jesus, the Son, who's really nice, we think of the Father as someone who's kind of mean, and the Holy Spirit is sort of somebody who's kind of weird, right? It's like the weird one that we try to avoid and not talk about. But what if we rejected everything that was abused and that, 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 that people in the world maybe misused the way we reject the Holy Spirit? So I think we've maybe seen the Holy Spirit abused and misused, and so we reject it. But what if we rejected everything else in the world that was abused and misused, Right? I think of food, for example, right? Food can be abused and misused, yet I love me some food, right? I mean, everything, sex. Sex is something that's abused and misused in this world. It's also a gift created by God for his glory, right? Money is abused and misused, yet some of you guys, like, you know, like, you don't reject money. You enjoy money, right? Power is something that is abused and misused, yet power is such a good thing when used well, so we don't want to get uncomfortable about the Holy Spirit. We want to actually lean in and go, like, what does it mean to operate in the power of the Spirit? What does it mean to operate, I'm going to do it again, with the wind of the Holy Spirit at our backs? And that's what we want to do as a church family. The Holy Spirit in the Scripture, he, he's often called the helper. And I've entitled uh, today's message, God help us. God help us. Uh, I'm sure in the upper room those disciples were praying that prayer exactly. God just help us. We don't know what to do. And God says, I'm going to send my helper, the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of us have been in situations where we want the help of God. In fact, Jesus says this. He says, it's actually better that I leave because you're going to get the Holy Spirit. Verse 26 of John 14 says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. 
Jesus says, I know you want me here, but it's better that I go because I'm going to leave you a, a power that is inside of you. You see, Jesus was a power that was outside of the disciples. They got to observe it and see it and watch it and be inspired by it, but they never got to feel it. And I think that's a lot of how a lot of Christians live. Is you look around, you're like, I see power, and I see things happening in other people's lives, and it's working all around me, but I've never gotten to feel it. I've never gotten to be a, a part of it. And that's what it means to have the Holy Spirit in you, is that you get to be a part of God's power working in the world. And that's incredible. And so you know that you're starting to want this. You know that you're starting to want God to work in your life when you pray this simple prayer, God help us. God help us. That's a very simple way of saying, Holy Spirit, do some work in my life. Holy Spirit, show up in a powerful way. God, help us. You see, I think that a lot of us have, have maybe oversimplified the journey that we go on as Christians. And, and, and while it is a, it's a very simple thing to step into, there's, a, there's, a, there's some steps. There's a process that we go through as Christians as we start to follow God. And the first step in our faith journey is simply called salvation. And what we believe is that when, when you read the scriptures, you see that the Holy Spirit comes inside of people at salvation. So today, if you show up here to church and you're like, I want to follow God, I, I don't know all the answers, but what I do know is I need some grace. I think Jesus is the source of life and grace, and so I want him today. I'm going to surrender my life to him. I'm just going to surrender my life. That's the moment of salvation. And when you truly do that, the Bible says that is the moment of the indwelling spirit. Literally, God moves into your life. The second step we celebrated last week, it's called baptism. So the first step is, is salvation. The very next step, as we see in the book of, book of Acts, is get baptized, which we baptized 17 people last week, guys. It was awesome. Yeah, we're celebrating that. Yeah, praise God. So good. Just love seeing God do that. That's amazing stuff happening. That's the work of the Spirit through many of you. You guys were like, those are my friends. Those are my family members. One of the things you'll see at ACF Church is you'll see different people doing baptism, which uh, is different from a lot of your church back background where it's just like the guy preaching is the only one that baptizes. Well, we, we enjoy like this opportunity that if, if, if you led someone to Jesus or if they want you to baptize them because you were part of their faith journey, you get to baptize them. That's a, that's a great thing. We, we see the saints baptizing new believers. And so that means that you're working in the power of the Spirit. And so... First step is salvation. Second step is baptism. But then I think most people say we're done. I think a lot of Christians think that's the end of the journey. But it's not the end of the journey. As I read the book of Acts, I think step three is this, the filling of the Spirit. So in the first step of, uh, of your journey, it's salvation, which is the indwelling of the Spirit. Then there is the filling of the Spirit, which is the empowerment of God. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit through and in your life. It's kind of like this. It's like when we get saved, we invite uh, the Spirit of God to kind of move into our house. But then we go, we go don't touch anything, right? We say, you can, you, can, you can sit in the chair in the living room, but don't rearrange the furniture, okay? But then when you get to step three, when you say, God, I want, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's when you say, hey, move around or throw out anything you want. This is your house. Does that make sense? Like, you can move my life around. I think so many of us have invited the Holy Spirit to live in, the li in, in our lives and in our, in our spiritual houses, but we've said, hey, don't touch anything. Don't rearrange the furniture. But the second you say, hey, Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me, we're saying, would you rearrange my life? Would you change the way I live? Would you empower me? 
Because I think a lot of people think, well, if I just have the Holy Spirit, then I'm done. But do you know that you actually have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you know that although he might live in you, and, and today you might be sitting in the seat today, and you are going to spend eternity with God. If you died today, you would go to heaven to be with God. That does not mean that you've lived the full life that God has for you. That does not mean that you've lived in the power, in the purpose that God has for you. Because maybe you have resisted the Spirit. You see, what we can do is that we can actually maybe be connected to the Spirit, but we can kink the hose. You know, we can do that. The Bible says that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. That's living in sin and rejecting the the call that God has on our life. So I want you to think about your life. Where have I kinked the hose? Am I living in such a way that maybe I'm restricting the flow of the Holy Spirit through my life? The Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. The, the Bible says you can actually quench the Holy Spirit. You can quench. That, that, that's, quenching is like, like, hey, Holy Spirit's talking to you. You're like, shh, shh. I don't want to hear it. That's to, to quench the Holy Spirit, right? That's to kink off the hose of the Spirit in your life. The, the Bible says you can deny the Holy Spirit. Like he's talking to you, he's challenging you, he's calling you out, and you're just like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, not going to do it. And I think there's a lot of Christians that are like, I'm praying and my prayers feel like they're hitting the ceiling. I'm asking God to work a miracle, yet I can't feel him alive in my life. I don't know where God is right now, and yet over here, you're kinking the hose. You're grieving, rejecting, denying, quenching the Holy Spirit and he's not flowing through your life. And God, God is so gracious to us, you guys. He's like, I'll wait. He's like, I'll give you time. I'm going to let you wrestle with that until you unkink the hose. Until you invite the flow of oxygen into your life. You see, in one hand, we're like, God, answer my prayers. In the other hand, we're addicted to our sin. But God wants to move, and he's ready to move. And the beauty is you can always unkink the hose. Like today can be the day that you're just like, I want to I wanna release the flow of the Spirit of God in my life and just see what might happen. I, I want to just tell you something. You just might get set free, friends. Like you just might be used by God in some ways that you never thought you would be used by God because you started to release the flow of God into your life. God is gracious, and he actually allows you to invite him in or to say, God, I, I want my space You see, there's more to the Spirit than simply having Him inside of you. He wants to flow through you. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit, again, capital S, Holy Spirit, that's 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 a name for Him, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. If you want to take some notes today, the first thing you want to write down is this. With God's help, we can understand. We can, we can start to make sense out of what's happening in the world, make sense out of what's happening in our lives. Uh, we can start to understand with God's help, with the Spirit of God. He's talking about the, the Spirit of God speaking to us and giving us clarity in our lives. Again, the Spirit lives inside of us like a temple. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But if we're not living in the Spirit, we're going to be in a state of confusion. Have you ever just asked God for understanding? Have you ever opened the Word of God? I have friends who struggle. They, they open the Scriptures and they're like, it's always confusing. And again, no shame because it starts off by being confusing. But when you, when you start off by going, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Help me to gain clarity. 
then I believe that he will start doing that. And I also have heard people, I've seen this before in my life, where I've read a scripture and it never made sense, and just for whatever reason, today it did. Where I'm like, wow, this makes sense. I get it. I finally get it. And I want to tell you, that is the power of the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. Not just of the scriptures, but also of why you're here. Have you been asking that question, why am I in Alaska? Why am I in this job? Why am I in this church? Why do I exist where I exist? You will get your answers through the Holy Spirit. What's going to start to happen is is you're going to start to see your purpose. It's going to start to come to light. And he's also going to challenge you. You're going to gain understanding of how God wants you to live. And all of a sudden, things that you used to be comfortable with, you're like no longer comfortable with. There's things that you're like, oh, that was my old life. That was my natural life. And now through the Spirit, you're like, no, I want to live a spiritual life. You're going to gain understanding in that way. You're going to know why you're here. You see, we cannot find truth in life on our own. And you're going to bang your head against a wall all day long trying. Again, this is why I think a lot of Christians are so frustrated or a lot of people are like, I'm walking away from my faith. is because you pray to follow God. You're like, all right, I surrender my heart to God. And then maybe you even get baptized. And then you stop there. And you're like, Holy Spirit, again, you can move into my house, but don't touch anything. And then you're like, why does my faith feel so worthless? Why does God seem so distant? Why does it feel like everybody else is a better Christian than I am? Right? Like, why is this so confusing? Again, Paul is saying, I want to give you, uh, or the, God wants to give you clarity. And he wants to give you what the Bible would call revelation. An understanding. You see, sometimes you're not only going to understand what the scripture says, but you're going to understand what the scripture is saying to you. That's revelation. Like, you're going to understand, what is Paul speaking, but what is he speaking to me? And God's going to speak through the Holy Spirit, and you're going to maybe leave church today, and you're going to go, wow, something grabbed me. And uh, this one sentence or this one phrase keeps coming back to me. And I feel like that's what God had for me today. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. And God wants to do that in your life. Like, he wants to. That's the thing. I think we feel like God's holding back on us, but what we see in Acts is that God pours out his Holy Spirit. Like lavish, just dumps the Holy Spirit on the church. He doesn't just give them a little drink, right? And and I think we need to understand God wants to give us more of himself. We've got to unkink the hose. Because maybe God has told you something to do and you're like, I'm not doing it, give me something else. And God's like, I'll wait. Maybe there's something in your life that is kinking the hose, and so there's no understanding of the text. God's like, I'll let you be confused. I'll let you just continue to bang your head up against the wall until you open your life to me. Verse 13 goes on. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So there's understanding the truths, then there's interpreting the truths, right? Like, first we want to understand what God says uh, to us, but then we want to go, what do I do with it? Like, what's the next step? And so with God's help, we can live differently. We can know what the next step is. We can know how to move in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. It's a whole new way to live that God gives us. With God's help, we can live differently. So let me ask you a few questions. What are you asking God for freedom from today? Is there something that you're just like, I wish I, could, wish I could get set free from this. I wish I could have freedom. 
Is there a way that you just wish you were different in certain things? Like you're like, I, I wish I was different and, and for the better, that like I wasn't somebody that was so prone to anger. I, I wish I was somebody who was more generous. I wish I was somebody, like where do you wish for your life? If those desires and those wishes are in line with the will of God, are in line with his calling and purpose in your life, then what Paul is saying is that through the Holy Spirit, you can actually accomplish those things. That you can actually be different. And maybe you've had friends say this. Some of you have been on a journey with God for a while, and you meet friends. Maybe you go to your, like, 20-year high school reunion. And when they talk to you, they're like, dude, you're so different. And for you, that's, that's such a compliment because you remember who you were in high school, right? You remember how you used to speak and, and how you used to act and how you used to treat other people. And you just, you remember who you were. And so when they're like, you just seem so different, you're like, praise God. Praise God I'm so different because... Because that's the Holy Spirit at work in my life. This is what Paul is saying is that with God's help, we can actually live different. We can actually have a different life. Ephesians 5.18 says that we have to continue to, to ask for this filling. He says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And the literal translation of this text is not just be filled, but be being filled. In other words, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's almost like it's leaking out, right? It's leaking out. And I feel that, like, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit at, like, 10 a.m. with my coffee. But at about, like, 9 o'clock at night after a long, hard, hard day, my, my Holy Spirit's leaking out, right? And he's saying, hey, you're, when the Holy Spirit's not filling your life and you haven't invited him in, you start kinking the hose on the Holy Spirit, you're going to live in ways that you don't want to live. You start to go back to those old behaviors and those old actions. This text is really kind of making a case for this constant prayer of the believer, which is, God help me. God help us. God fill me fresh today. That there's more than, again, more than simply the residing of the Spirit in our lives, there's also the filling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Last part of the text, 1 Corinthians 2.15, says, The spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So last one is this. With God's help, we have power for our calling. We have power for our calling. God actually wants to give you what you need to fulfill your purpose on this earth. Isn't that, isn't that a good thing? Isn't it great that you don't have to muster up enough courage and enough of you to fulfill your purpose. I, I, I just want you to know, and I'll, I'll say this from my own experience as well, you are not enough to fulfill your purpose. I'm not enough to fulfill my purpose. I need the Spirit of God working in me and through me with God's help. I will have power for my calling. I love that he talks about this idea that you're going to be judged by no one if you're living in the Spirit. And you're like, I don't know, man. I think if I live by the Spirit, I might get a little judged. No, he's saying... Like, essentially, who are they to judge because God is my judge, right? Like, at the end of my life, I will not answer to any of you in this room. I will answer to God himself. And the question will be, did you live in your calling? Did you fulfill what I had for your life? Did you listen to my spirit, right? And so he's, he's really challenging what I think we need to hear today is the one thing getting in the way, I think, of you and I living in our calling is fear. Fear of judgment, fear of what people will think, 
fear of others. Like, there's so much of this, I think, even within our own church of, like, what are people going to think and, and what's going to happen and, and, and what if I mess it up? And again, guys, God is so gracious to us. He just wants you to step into it, not in your power, but in his. And he will fill in the gaps. He always does. You guys, I've been really open about this. I am terrified to preach every single week. Um, I'm getting better, but like almost eight years ago, I stepped into this role as the lead teaching pastor here at ACF. And um, I wouldn't eat dinner on Saturday night because I was just already getting nauseous about Sunday morning. I would, I would wake up on Wednesday because I had church on Wednesday night to preach and I wouldn't want to eat any breakfast. And I would kind of kind of keep my distance from people during the day. And, and I just found myself dealing with anxiety. And I just remember God saying, hey, you need to depend on me so I can speak through you. Because when God speaks through me, it's like lives get changed. I get up here and I just talk, but it's, it's just amazing. Every single week, the Holy Spirit works through these words and works through the scriptures and lives are changed. And I'm blown away by it, you guys. Literally, it is so humbling. It makes me feel so small to see that we baptize 17 people or that every week I get an update of, you know, five or 10 people saying, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. Or those of you who are like, I'm going to step into a community and start joining a life group or start serving or, or, or I'm going to start teaching and leading in my own way. It just so humbles me because I just, I, I know that that is God rearranging the furniture of our church. And that's the Holy Spirit working through, through me and all of you to fulfill his purposes. I want you to know, with God's help, you can have power for your calling. Paul says, there will always be unspiritual critics who will judge a believer for operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. But they aren't judging you. They're judging God. So you're free. You are set free to follow God. So I want to give you a simple prayer this week. And and, and this is as simple as it gets. Is that every single day, if you're here today and you're like, man, I, I want this. I don't. I don't know if there's something out there. I don't know what's next for me. I want it, but I don't really know. I want you to just wake up in the morning. Before you put your feet on the carpet, just simply pray this prayer. God, if there's more, I want it. God, if there's more, I want it. And if you, I believe that if you pray that, and and it's just, it's honestly the desire of your heart that God is going to pour his spirit out on you. That is the promise. You guys, this is how the kingdom of God shows up on earth is through the power of the Holy Spirit working through his people. This is how it becomes in Alaska as it is in heaven is by the power of the Holy Spirit working in his people. And it's not going to happen if you're like, I already have the Holy Spirit, so he can kind of sit in the corner. But listen, think about the people in this room. If we all wake up tomorrow and we just pray, God, if there's more, I want it. And we live that way, you guys, we're going to need a couple more buildings. And we're not going to have enough seats for our city. That's just how it works when the Holy Spirit's working through people. God, if there's more, I want it. And I want to give you a next step as well right now. And uh, again, to follow God is to get uncomfortable. That's, that's just how it is. But I want to give you a chance to get prayed for this morning. We don't do this all the time. And um, if you're not a Christian or this makes you uncomfortable, you can just sit back and relax or whatever. But I want to actually give you a chance to stand in a moment just to say, this is literally my prayer right now. I feel God speaking to my heart that there's more for me and I, I just haven't asked him for it or I've had the hose kinked and I, I just want to, to ask for freedom today. God, if there's more, I want it.
And so what's going to happen is I want you just in a second to stand up. And then if, you're, if, if you see somebody standing, I want you to just go rest a hand on their shoulder and pray for them. Now, if you're in the room and you're like, I don't pray, Brian. It's just awkward. I don't know how to pray. I'm uncomfortable with it. I have given you a prayer on the screen. So here we go. We're just going to give you, this is like your backup plan, okay? So you see somebody over in the corner and you're like, okay, i got to pray for them. I literally don't know what to say. It's going to be so awkward. Again, lean into the awkward. That's what it means to follow the Spirit. But this is a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, fill this person with your wisdom, strength, and power. God, we ask that you would come into their life in fresh and new ways. We pray that they would understand you with more clarity, that they would have the strength to overcome temptation, and that they would have the power to fulfill their calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you do that? Can you pray that? that? So I just want you to want that prayer prayed over you today. Anybody looking for the power of the Holy Spirit, have the courage. Thank you. Yes, yeah, stand up in the room. And everybody, everybody in a second, anybody else want that in your life? If you'd like the Holy Spirit, we've got a few here in the room. Anybody else, if you'd like that prayer prayed over you in the room here today. So what I want you to do, everybody get around these people. Stand up. You can stand up in church. Get around these people. I'm going to give you a second to pray for them, and then I'm going to come back with you in just a moment. <laughs> Hey, ACF Church, we're so glad that you're joining us online today. Wherever you're at, we want to be praying for you as well. Would you be brave enough to either email us at office at acfak.org, or if you're watching from our online platform, go ahead and hit that blue prayer button, and that will let us know that we could be praying for you this week. I also want to encourage you to take it one step further. If you're watching this with people at home or out on the lake or out camping or whatever it is, we just encourage you to turn to those people right now and let them know that you're looking for some prayer. If you're watching all by yourself, would you pick up your phone and text somebody and let them know that you need some prayer this week? We would love to pray for you. You are our family. We hope you know that. And we're so excited for this new step that God's taking. Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone who is stepping up to say that they want more of you in their life, Lord God. And we know that that is a prayer that you are always eager to fill and you're always eager to say yes to. So God, I pray over each and every person today that is stepping out in faith and asking for more. Would you encourage them and meet them exactly where they're at and show them what it looks like to walk boldly in your spirit this day and every day moving forward. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, guys. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. God, we didn't all stand up, but it's, if we're Christians, this is our prayer. If there's more, I want it. Father, we come together today to confess that there are pieces of furniture in our hearts that we've said, God, you can touch everything but that. So God, we ask for your forgiveness. That we would say, God of the universe, rescue my soul from hell, but don't change my life. Forgive us for that. God, I pray that you would unleash the power of your spirit in our church today. God, that we would see you at work in our lives in fresh and new ways. God, I pray today over the people in this room against a spirit of fear, God, we get so scared. 
It's like there's part of us that wonders, God, if, if you're trustworthy. God, there's part of us that wonders if you were to change our lives, if it would be for the better. So we still kind of hold on to our plans. We hold on to our desires. Yeah, God, you love us so much. And Father, we confess we don't often know what's best for ourselves. But you do. So God, even for the person that's most resistant in the room today, God, would you rearrange their furniture tonight? God, God, even for the person in the room today that has never seen you work through them, they've just maybe uh, called themselves Christians their whole lives, gone to church, done the religious thing, but never felt your power, that today would be the day that they feel the power of the Holy Spirit working in them. God, I pray for the person here today that's been quenching and denying and resisting the power of the Spirit, who has habitual sin in their lives, or who's just been been holding on to something that we know doesn't honor you or others, God, that you would, by your Spirit, set them free. God, you are still doing that work, and today can be the day. God, we love you, and we can't do any of this without you. We don't want to just do this church thing. We have so much inside of us that you placed inside of the church. God, may you, by your power, draw it out of us for our good and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, We hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.